0: I on 2020 episode 102. What's up, everybody? Ray here. Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020, the source that you come to daily for Monday through Friday for the news, entertainment, and all the great information that's going to be uh, you're going to need when you go into that voting booth in November of 2020. Or if you don't go into that voting booth in November in 2020, at least you'll have some good conversation pieces between now and then because you'll know what's going on with this presidential election and all of the ins and outs of these candidates of all of the 24 democratic candidates that are running right now and uh all of the i think it's like two republicans right now obviously and then there's uh, you're going to start seeing these libertarians get in green party and different people uh that might be trying to run as independents and so forth as well so i mean that that's it's a, it's exciting this time of year because you're going to start seeing the debates and things like that that are going to be coming during the summertime but for now I've lately I've been covering a lot of issues that don't really deal with like a specific candidate and things like that and the reason why is just because I'm trying to get uh, away from that a little bit because we do have a lot of time until the election we're gonna be covering these guys and with 24 Democrats in the race right now I haven't covered all 24 of them and the main reason why I haven't covered all 24 of them is because I don't know that a lot of them are even serious I was looking at some of the polls lately and you'd still have Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden right up on top, right? And then a lot of them show Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. The most recent one that I saw was Joe Biden with like 34% of the vote, followed by Bernie Sanders with around 17 and then Elizabeth Warren with around 12 or 13% as well. Then you could break those numbers down. I think it was a Quinnipiac poll, and they do their polls, I think, on a... Every other week, or maybe it's on a monthly basis or so. Right now, uh, there are some daily tracking polls, but I don't think they do those for the candidates that are running. I just think they do that for the president because I do refer to that one a lot. But yeah, that was the last one I saw. But you do see Pete Buttigieg. That's kind of, you know, he's he's a sleeper man. Like I've been thinking about this guy, and if you listen to him talk, and I know Jason Stapleton had mentioned him on a show a couple days ago as well. But if you listen to him talk, like he really Sounds like someone who knows his stuff, he's well rehearsed on all of these issues, and he's a very great, like, he's a spectacular communicator, and when you listen to him, he does kind of have that inspirational feel that Barack Obama had back in 2008 you know 2004 when he spoke at the democratic national convention and then in 2006 2007 when he started thinking about running for office you know he has uh he had that real inspirational feel and Pete Buttigieg has a very similar feel when he listen to him talk uh, so I mean he could be a sleeper man like I've been thinking about this for a while that I mean I'm trying to figure out who is going to be that sleeper it's not going to be Cory Booker He's just not getting any traction. A lot of these candidates that are running are just getting zero traction whatsoever. But Pete Buttigieg just seemed like he's getting some traction. Even my aunt posts on Facebook, who is this guy? So she wanted to know who he is. So people, are, look, people that have never heard of the guy. I mean, he's the mayor of South Bend. I just wonder, I mean, with somebody like that, that's the mayor of South Bend, how do they become so well rehearsed? How do they become so scripted in their... In the um, way that they answer questions. Because he has an answer for everything. And he he has a he must have a, a good team behind him. Yeah, but who's the team behind him? That's what I want to know. I really want to know this. Because um, there's a reason why he's the South Bend Indiana mayor. And he's running for president. There's a reason why he's that person. Like he would be running for president. Uh, you know, he talks about this is the time. This is the place. You know, get get par- become part of this movement and things like that but what makes him think that he is the person that is the right person for this time and the right person for this place being the mayor of a small town in Indiana right you know I, I have no idea what makes him think that but there's got to be people behind him that are pushing him to do it there really have to be because and you just wonder I mean he's a military guy he's also gay um so he, but he's in a, he he's he can probably get some of the support of the military veterans because of that. Yeah, um, he is a protected minority in that sense, being gay, right? So there's got to be people that are behind him that are kind of pushing him towards it. And I just wonder if there's something going on underneath. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's all conspiracy theory talk, right? That there's like a a group of controlling people back behind there that push certain candidates forward and they get these people well versed and well scripted and things but i mean he's very i mean i just haven't heard that many people talking as well as he does and speaking as well as he does during the different town halls that i've seen him do and it just makes you wonder who's the who are the people behind him who are the people that are supporting this guy who are the people that are pushing him to move forward in this process cuz i mean Beto O'Rourke, you can see where he, who's pushing him. I mean, I was talking about that yesterday on the show, right? Where he's just getting money from lobbyists left and right in 2018. So he's bought and paid for in some way. And uh, that's why it seems like to me that the press was pushing this guy hard when he came out. But, I mean, he's been slowly just kind of fading away, fading out of the scenes. He doesn't have a lot of details in his policies. He's just kind of like the pretty face on the um on the campaign trail people there's a little bit of excitement going on around this guy from the democratic standpoint i'm not sure why that is the case because i don't see a lot of the i i don't i'm not drawn to his personality by any means i mean you're taking you're having video youtube videos done of you getting a haircut like people want to see that see so you talking about getting your haircut i don't know i mean but then you have pete Buttigieg, who's just He's that sleeper, man, and as soon as he started talking, I think I did I think I think did a show on this back, you know, 20, 30, maybe 40 episodes ago on him when he first announced, and after looking him up and just talking, to, you know, just seeing what he's talking about and watching some YouTube videos on him and watching some news stories on him and listening to him talk, I just, I said it back then, he's very well spoken, he uh, definitely is well rehearsed and knows his stuff, so... He's the sleeper, but you do have Bernie Sanders out there. I mean, he is the thought leader in the Democratic Party. He's the one that was the outsider in 2016. Huge outsider in 2016. And then he uh, brings all these issues that he talks about constantly to the mainstream. Right? He brings Medicare for all. He brings college tuition being free for, for students. He brings debt forgiveness to these students. He brings a lot. I mean, the the things that he's talking about are the things that are now, the that he was talking about in 2016, those are things that are the mainstream right now in the Democratic Party. And all of the other candidates are following that, and his footsteps are saying the same kind of thing. They're using the same talking points that he uses. And... I don't think that that's going to go away by any means. So will Bernie Sanders fade away? They're trying to beat him up. They really are. They're trying to get a prettier face up there on that debate stage against Donald Trump, it sounds like to me. So are they going to try to push him out and bring somebody that is Bernie Sanders light or pretty close to Bernie Sanders? That's going to get that base of his riled up. It's going to get those people out to vote, out to vote against Donald Trump. I mean, I, I just wonder if that's the case, but I don't think he's going anywhere. And then you have Joe Biden, who is clearly winning in all the polls, and he's the guy that's the safe choice. And I said this before, the Democrats are, it seems to me, from the polling that I've looked at, that they are looking for that safe choice. And Joe Biden is that guy. Kamala Harris might be that woman. I'm not sure, but she's starting to get some policy proposals out there as well that she's been talking about. And Elizabeth Warren has always been pushing a lot of these po- policy proposals. So, I mean, those are like the four main people. And then you have Pete Buttigieg just kind of back there hanging out. And then a few others that have 1% or 2% of the vote, and that's it. The When these people start doing the town halls, more and more town halls as well as the debates, that's when you're really going to see those that are going to shine are really going to shine and those that are, you know, those that are not going to shine, they're going to, it's going to stand out that they're just not going to get any further than where they're at now. Um, but I was reading another article the other day as well and I kind of wanted to refer to it in this and it was just asking about, um, Justin Amash from Michigan. He's the, he's the, um, the congressman from Michigan And recently he made a big, you know, he made a big, uh, a lot of headlines that was saying that he was talking about the impeaching Trump and that these were impeachable, impeachable offenses. And then people start speculating again, is he going to run for the libertarian ticket? Is he going to try to leave the Republican party and become a libertarian? and that that's the that's the speculation that's been going on for a while, and he hasn't ruled it out. I mean he has never said "I've ruled this out, I'm not going to do it but that's the big that's the big stink that they were making this week is that he said that you know he kind of broke from the party, broke from the lines, and said that he was okay with possibly impeaching Trump. and I don't think he said he's okay with impeaching Trump. I just think he said that from what I saw or from what I read, he said that these are impeachable offenses, and that they should be looked into. And that, but that does break from the party line of what they're talking about. So, one of the things that I was reading, and I can't really find it, but I was looking for the specific news article on this, and the news article was saying, "Is this the time that the or that the libertarians can knock off Trump? Is this their time? Is this if they if they have Justin Mosh runs?" If he runs for president against Donald Trump and libertarian tickets, is that the time that the libertarians are going to shine? And I was wondering about that. It just got me thinking, is this going to be a third party race? Is this? And I've said it multiple times in the past, but while I got to thinking about it, I was thinking, like, if Donald Trump is going down in flames over the next year or so with impeachment, with a lot of things that just could happen, he could drop out. He can, he can decide not to run. He can be put into a situation where the Republicans force him not to run. I don't think that he would. I think that he would push back hard on that. But if they can get impeachment, if they can get the Republicans on board with that, um, or if they can just keep him in total chaos for the next 18 months, it might be an election where somebody that's speaking reasonable, the reasonable voice on the other side of the room, right? While the Democrats and the Republicans just fight this thing out, and they're just sitting there duking it out with each other, and people just start realizing that the system is broken, that all these politicians, all they're doing is politicking, that the Democrats and the Republicans, you know, they just look less and less legitimized every single day. And then you have the Libertarian Party with somebody who, you know, stands for individualism, stands for liberty, you know, comes out there and puts together a good oral case, a good argument for the Libertarian message for a third, for people voting for a third party. I don't think that we're going to break this third or this two-party duopoly ever, but is this the time where the, that the Libertarians can get... More than just three percent of the vote, and maybe get like thirty percent of the vote bo- vote i don't know that's what the that 's what the article was saying that was the what the article was trying to make an argument for was that was that yes, this is a time, but I just don't think so. I think that the Democrats for sure they just want to get rid of Donald Trump they want him out, and the Republicans that are for Donald Trump unless he I mean, he has 95, 96% approval ratings among among Republicans. It's insane how good his numbers are among Republicans, right? So, but that's Republicans. I mean, that, that's 25% of the entire population of America that probably consider themselves Republicans. Well, you have like 25% that call themselves Democrats. I didn't. I did an episode on this one time as well, where, you know, you have... 25% of the people that choose for the other 75% of the people on who's going to be president, and is that even a good system in the first place? And I think uh, a couple of days ago, another podcast I heard, I think it was the Cato Institute. No, it's the Mises Institute. They he was talking about that as well. Jeff Dice was talking about that, saying that is that even a good system where you have 25% of the people that can. That can force their will on the 75% of the people in a democracy of what we have in this democracy that we have now. Um, but I didn't I did an episode on that before, and I just think that those 25% of Democrats they just that are going to vote Democrat no matter what, and the 25% of Republicans they're going to vote Republican no matter what. They're not going to sway either way because they love Donald Trump or they love their Democratic nominee, whoever that's going to be. It's the people in the middle that you have to sway one way or the other. It's those other 50% of the people they have to sway one way or another. And the most thing you have to do is get those people to sway towards even voting. Is what it is. Because 50% of people... Now, I don't think it was 50%. I think it's like 40... Almost 40%. I think it was 37% of people don't even vote. So, and actually it's more people don't vote than who voted for, for Donald Trump. Or more people didn't vote then voted for Hillary Clinton in the last election cycle. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, right? I just don't, I I just don't think that, I, I don't think that it's the third party, I don't think it's their time to shine. I really don't. You get a Justin Amash out there who's going to put together a pretty good campaign, he'll get on the news, he'll be a counter voice, he'll be to the libertarian or to the Republicans and to the Democrats, that'll be a good thing. It would be great for the party if they did that. Um he might not be the pure pure libertarian that everyone dreams about having, but when you listen to that guy talk, he is pretty darn libertarian. And to me he would be a pretty good candidate on the libertarian ticket he will get the news coverage on fox news on cnn on msnbc he can be a counterweight or he can he, he can make good counter arguments against Donald Trump and then he could also get in there and stir up the pot with these democrats as well so i think that would be a very good thing if he ran but it's not going to be like he, it's not as though he's going to get you know 35 40% of the people to vote for him the only thing that i would see impeding Donald Trump is if he somehow decides not to run for president because of some major incriminating stuff that's going on at the time and then you have Mike Pence that goes for it and then the, then the Republicans are guaranteed to lose and that's not because Mike Pence is a bad guy it's because there'll be so much chaos in the Republican party at that point that it just wouldn't make sense or that, that it wouldn't it would, people wouldn't feel confident in voting for Mike Pence and I think that is why uh, Bill Weld, the Libertarian vice presidential candidate from 2016, I think that's why he got into it as well. In the end, to be a counter, or make a counter argument against Donald Trump, and also if Donald Trump happens to not run or get impeached, then he's already there, already made his decision to run, and so forth. So. But I just, that's, the, that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today, though. And I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts. I really would. And what do you guys think is going to happen in this election? I honestly think that Donald Trump will probably win again. And the reason why I think that is just because it's, he's an incumbent. So he already has a leg up there. People like the status quo. And you have a very, very far left party right now. That's just, I mean, people already don't trust government as it is, I think. I think most people just don't trust government. Maybe it's just because I live in South Carolina. But I think most people don't trust government that much with everything, right? And these Democrats, all they do is push more and more government takeover of everything. That's what they do. They, that's all they talk about is government's going to take over health care, government's going to take over colleges, government's going to take over, I mean, everything they can. They're going to make mandatory, you know, where you have to let the government know what you pay everybody. Things like that. You know, you have to do reports on a weekly basis. Like, they want to have the government's hand, the federal government's hand, in everything. And if the states don't go along with it, they just withhold federal funding. So, like, they force the states to go along with that stuff. If, I mean, they just want the government to be involved. That's all these Democrats talk about. There's no one that's saying individual responsibility. There's no one that says anything like that on the Democratic side. And I just don't think that Americans... I mean, I, I hope that I'm right. I really do, guys. I hope that I'm right that Americans don't feel that way. That they just want... That they think that all problems can be solved by passing a law. That the Congress, by passing a law and this president signing it, that all of their fears are going to subside. All of their pains are going to go away. That Uncle Sam is going to take care of them no problem. I just hope... I, I mean, I hope to God that people don't really feel that way in America. Sadly, I think that they, I mean, I think that the, the tide is turning towards that. But I just don't, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to believe that people would feel that way. And all it means for us as libertarians is that we need to water that tree of liberty. Get that thing blooming again. Get people seeing that, you know, liberty is a good thing. Personal responsibility is a good thing. That, that those are things to aspire to. That huge amounts of wealth is created through a capitalist society that does not have the government mandating things and that the, and that doesn't have a government that's playing favors with every corporation that's out there that pays the highest uh, you know, pays the highest donation to their candidates and to their super PACs. So they get special things passed. This crony capitalist system that we live in. You know, I think that people just—I think that I hope that people believe in capitalism. But if not, then that's our fault for not being out there talking about it, for keeping it a secret, for just being that sarcastic idiot in the in the chat room or in the Facebook page or whatever your whatever your Reddit group or whatever group you're in, right? Being the sarcastic one rather than the person that gives a clear, concise argument brings people into the fold by. You know, finding agree- finding places where we agree with them, and then building upon it from there. Because there is gr- agreement with us and the socialists in the sense that, yeah, we feel like they feel like it's the capitalists that are the problem. We feel like like it's the government that's a problem. And somewhere in there, it's the capitalists that are using the government that make the socialists feel like the capitalists are the problem. But they wouldn't have the capitalists wouldn't have the power. If it wasn't, but there are there's a what I'm getting at is there's a lot of agreement that we have with a lot of these people, but it's our fault for not getting out there and talking about it. So I hope that you guys would get out there and do a little bit of talking about this. The water that tree of liberty. Let your friends know about liberty. And then if you do that, you know we might start turning that tide away from all these candidates that just want to talk about the government taking over everything because that is where the the democratic party has moved so far left since 2012 since 2016 so far left and i don't know if it's the i don't know if the people really believe that though i mean joe biden is their guy right now 30 something percent 34% are going for joe biden so hopefully that's the case but if you can get if we can get somebody on the libertarian ticket that is going to talk to the people in a concise, clear way, that's going to bring the message of liberty, that's going to show, show ways to solve problems, or, you know, talk about ways to solve problems that are not just, oh yeah, we need to pass a law. Pass a law, that's what we need to do. Here's my law, here's my solution to the problem. Here's the law that I'm going to... Be, no, here's the law that I'm going to get rid of. The reason why we had the housing bubble. They blame it on capitalism, but it was... The fact that the banks were incentivized to loan money... To people that shouldn't have gotten a loan. Because the government kind of made them. And then they start packaging up these loans together... In order to make them look better so that they could sell them... And then it's a, but the whole spiral happened when there was a law that was passed in the nineties. you know like there government is a lot of the times is the problem, and capitalism gets blamed for it, but we can get out there guys, and talk about this and be proud of it because i mean what's 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 prouder than the fact that we live in a world where you know you could you can go to work for eight hours a day and have eight hours of leisure time a day and have three to four weeks of vacation a, a year to go wherever you want to, and you can fly to Japan during that time if you wanted to. There's plenty of wealth in this country, and it's all caused by capitalism, not by government. And that crony capitalism that we're talking about, that's where it goes wrong, and that's where it leads to less wealth. And... And more of these companies that are just, you know, using their connections that they're well connected in order to get special favors, but they're still they're still freeloading off of that system, because of that. So, um, but we can be proud of our the libertarian view. We could be proud of the libertarian message. Hopefully, we get somebody in twenty twenty as a libertarian that's going to be someone like a Justin Amash or somebody that can, you know, come with credibility to people and say, "Vote for me," because. This is a better way, and we'll get more people involved in this libertarian movement, and then we're watering that tree of liberty for 2024 and 2028 and beyond. So, hey guys, I appreciate you listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and share the message with your friends, share the show with your friends, and, uh, and then give me a five-star rating review. for you, and also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and IonTheEmpire.com. I the Empirecom is the website, and then if you just type in EyeOnTheEmpire, uh, all one word on Twitter, I think it's like I the Empire is what you'd type in there, and you'll be able to find me there. And then uh, give me a five-star rating review, and subscribe to the show so you can hear it tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.